Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28, the Bible says, Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the earth, never faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Somebody say power. No. Somebody say power. No, uh, politicians do better than that. You're a Christian. We're talking about Holy Ghost power. Say it again. One, two, three, say. Ah, that's better. And to those who have no might increase his strength, even the youths shall faint and be weary because of all the adversity and challenges. And young men shall actually fall. But those, you and I, who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. Come on, this is not a time to retire. This is a time to refire, to get up and go, and to believe God for great and mighty things in Jesus' name. So we're going to talk about waiting on God and continue tonight in Psalm 130 verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word do I hope. There is no such thing as a hopeless situation. We serve a God of hope. And even the very things that seem impossible with men are possible with God. For the Bible says with God, all things are possible. Psalm 62 verse 1, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From Him comes my salvation. Not from some self-proclaimed Messiah. Not from a political leader. Your salvation, your deliverance, your breakthrough will come from God Himself. God's way and for God's glory. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Psalm 33 verse 20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our refuge and our shield. Psalm 39 verse 7, now Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Say it tonight. Lift your hands, say my hope is in you. So we saw this morning what it means to hope or to wait. And I, I just want to go through this again. Because as a young person, this is, as you say, Pastor, you say this every week. No, this is the most important revelation you can have as a, any human being, but as a young person with your future ahead of you. And that future, by the way, is a bright future. I want to talk to you about how to wait. Something I learned the day I got saved was how to spend time in the presence of God. Not even knowing what God planned for me. Not having anybody roll out a red carpet for me. Never thinking I'm going to build a building or do anything great for God. Not that I have, but I'm still going to. Amen. Because my best days are ahead of me. Okay. So the word to wait means to live intertwined with someone else. It is a verb that means we wrap ourselves around someone else. And I want to tell you, whoever you wrapped around will profoundly influence your life. You, you, you wrapped around negative people, you'll be a negative person. You wrapped around uh, cynical people, you'll be a cynical person. You wrapped around uh, racist people, you'll become a racist. So 
Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So the word is a Hebrew word, K-A-W-A, Kava, not Saki. It means to bind together by twisting. Imagine two ropes being braided into one so that in the end you don't know where one starts and the other ends. So we know the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now we have to practice what the Bible calls waiting on God. Living entwined with God. So when you show up, God shows up. When you go for the job interview, God gives you the favour. When you stand on the battleground, you know you have the victory before the battle. Amen. When Goliath shows up, you are not intimidated. But now listen to this. If something can be intertwined, it can also be untwined if there is a word like that. And that is things that come between your relationship with God. Because many people were at one time very entwined with God and very connected and very woven with God and their prayer life was strong and abiding with God was strong. But then things happened that caused them to become untwined. No longer intertwined, woven with God, but unwoven. Maybe it's offense. Maybe it's inferiority. Maybe it's a spider, a long-legged spider. I mean, a, 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 a woman dressed in black. Maybe it is it's something and there you are again. God over there, you over there. Now you're struggling through life. Well, the promise is things are going to happen for those who wait on the Lord. Number one, they shall renew their strength. Number two, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Come on, it's time for you to rise up. It's time for you to soar by the power of the Holy Ghost. They will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. So a lot of people are looking for strength in the wrong place. But we are going to gather ourselves and gather our wits and gather our energy and our strength in one place and one place only. And that is waiting on God and that is in the prayer closet. The most important room in your life, your prayer room. The most important schedule of your day is your time scheduled with God. And I'm asking you as a young person, when is it? Maybe next week I'm going to talk about watch and pray and I'm going to put a big watch on this platform as an illustration because you have to set your clock to spend time with God. You talk to people, they say, Pastor, I'm too busy. I, I just don't have time to pray. Or we have this great conference, Dream Week, coming on. And it's called Dream Week because we know during this time, God's going to revive your dreams. God's going to refresh you. And then people are too busy. Not too busy to go on a hunting trip or a golf trip or a pleasure trip, but too busy to invest in their spiritual life, which determines everything. Your spirit, your soul, your body, relationships, your spiritual life. So we are expecting hundreds of people coming from every CRC church over South Africa. And we are ready to welcome you. Dream Week is back all the way from Cape Town, from Durban. We are expecting hundreds from every CRC church to come and be refreshed and revived by the presence of God for two and a half days. Come on, say amen. I hope you have registered that you die rise that time with God. So, you need to make prayer your most important event of the day. Jesus says in Matthew 6 verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room. 
And when you have shut your door, the door to negativity, to people's opinions, to your emotions, whatever it is, to your girlfriend, to the person you are living with that you're not supposed to live with because you're not married, say, hey, nah. It's like people, you know, we talk to people sometimes and I know this, everybody has converted. So we, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the empty chair tonight. But people live together, they shack up together and you say to them, hey, are you going to get married? No, we're thinking about it. Uh, but you're enjoying all the privileges of marriage. It's not okay, all right? Um, you've, uh, marriage is a covenant and you need to respect that covenant if you want the blessing of God upon that relationship. And then young people will come and they will say, well, we, know, we don't want to get married because we can't afford to get married. You cannot afford not to get married. You have to get married. Rather live in a bachelor's flat and eat pop and uh, 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 toast every day, but honor God and obey God. Can I have an amen from young people here tonight? Come on. No judgment, but I'm telling you, you're not going to pray and climb in bed and before you shack up together, you pray for what we are about to receive. We are truly thankful, O oh Lord. How many of you know that's not a right prayer to pray? Amen. Amen. Because what you're about to do is not for the glory of God. Let's just get that clear. Now people come, they say, we can't afford to pray. Well, Noretta and I prayed and all we had was a double or a, a queen size bed. I've graduated to a king size, a super king size, but um, a queen size bed, which my mother bought us and we had a fridge. That was it. No furniture, no nothing. But we obeyed God. I said we obeyed God. I said we obeyed God. Come on, give Him praise. Hallelujah. So Jesus says, when you shut the door, you pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret, He will reward you openly, publicly. He's going to give you the breakthrough, the deliverance, the wisdom, the vision, the energy, the strength. He's going to give you favor in high places. When you pray privately, you will reward it, be rewarded publicly. So prayer can no longer be an option. Prayer should be your number one priority. Because the only way you abide or the only way you uh, wait on God, living to twine with God is through prayer. Prayer is communion. Prayer is time with God. Prayer is talking to God and God talking to you. Prayer is the, the, the source of power. Everything in your life flows from your prayer life. No prayer life, you cannot expect victories, expect victories out there. You have a powerful prayer life, you're going to live a powerful, forceful life out there. The reason many people have lost their spiritual force is because they're not doing the little thing, which is called prayer. In the closet, alone, you and God, nobody else shutting the door. Not the baby, not the cell phone, not your friend, not a WhatsApp, nothing interfering with your time with God. It's the most sacred thing you can do every day of your life. And you better get it as a young person. Because some of you are concerned about the future. God says, I hold your future in my hand. God says, I know the thoughts I plan for you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. It doesn't matter what people say. God will guide you with His eye. God does nothing unless He reveals His plans to His servants, the prophets. But you have to stand. As Habakkuk says, you have to set your time. You have to set your watch. And you have to watch and see what God is saying to you now. You can't live on yesterday's word. You need a word now. Like I said this morning, we don't always feel like going to work, right? 
but we do go to work. Amen. We don't fake it. We don't fake a, a wrong doctor's letter. We show up and the reward is at the end of the month, even if you didn't feel like working, you get a paycheck. Well, prayer is exactly the same. If you will just show up every day and spend time in God's presence, you're going to get your paycheck. God's going to reward you publicly. The anointing is going to increase upon your life. Things are going to change in your life. So you need to make it a priority. You need a place of prayer. Jesus Himself went into the mountain to pray. Matthew 14, 23, the Bible says, and when He sent the multitudes away, He went up on the mountain by Himself to pray. A lot of people fear to be by themselves. Being by yourself with God is the most important thing you can do every day of your life. When, when people say to me, we pray together as husbands and wives, I, I, I hope they say after we have prayed by ourselves. People who spend a lot of time in prayer do not spend a lot of time in conversation with others concerning the future. Because once you've heard from God, you are settled. A lot of unsettled people because they are not living intertwined with the source of life. The force of your life, the only one who can sustain you, energize you, and lead you into the plans that He has for your life. So no prophet can take that place. No ancestor, no Saint Bernard, no bishop can take that place. That place is reserved for Jesus Christ. He is the bridge, He's the door, He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life. He's the only way to the Father. And that is why your prayer life is so critically important. We run, run around looking for a word often because we're not living in a place of prayer, we're living in a place of confusion. So Luke chapter 4, verse 42, the Bible says, and he himself went into a deserted place to pray. Watch again, he's alone. He separates himself from his wife, from his hus from his from her husband, uh, from the children, from the baby, and he has a time of prayer. I want you to get it. It might sound simple, but it's profound. This will affect every area of your life. You, you, you neglect your prayer. Um, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did He say to the disciples? He said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Meaning if you do not watch and pray, you will enter into temptation. The temptation of discouragement, the temptation of not coming to church, the temptation of, of offense, the temptation of some sin, the temptation of some wrong relationship. When you neglect your prayer life, you become disconnected from God. Because when we get saved, we are one with the Lord, right? But then the journey of intertwinement starts, of being twisted, of, of building a relationship with God. Like any marriage, you, you build that relationship. But like every, any marriage, you can, you can build that relationship or you can dismantle that relationship. Your walk with God is exactly the same. So that friend that doesn't love God will be the person Satan will use to, uh, to unwind your relationship with God. That person, the wrong person, the wrong habit, the wrong conversation, the wrong um, uh, uh, prejudicing attitude, whatever it is, whatever doesn't draw you closer to God is going to take you further from God. Listen to me very carefully. That's why you have to protect your relationship with God more than anything else because everything flows out of your personal relationship with God. I'm going to say it again. Everything flows from your that's you sitting in that chair watching me in Ports of Thruem. Your relationship. You pray privately, 
God Himself will show up on your behalf publicly. God will manifest Himself and God will show Himself strong and you will be strong. Come on, man, you're going to go from weak to strong in the Name of Jesus Christ. You're going to go from running away to facing your Jezebel, facing your Goliath and doing great things for God. But that's going to happen as you wait on God. The Bible says in Luke 11 verse 1, and it came to pass as He was praying in a certain place. Again, there we see Jesus Himself. Our example was praying by Himself in a certain place. So the disciples knew where to find Him. Where's Jesus? He's over there praying. He would often withdraw from everybody to do the most important thing, which was to spend time in prayer. Even Jesus had to spend time every day, oftentimes throughout the night. That's what I don't understand about people. They go through a critical time, a crisis time. They're seeking God's wisdom and they make no time for prayer. Best thing you can do sometimes as a businessman is to tell your PA, clear my diary and spend that day in prayer before God. Because one word from God will set you on a whole new course, on a whole new level. One word from God will renew your strength, will revive you and will refresh you in Jesus' name. One word is enough to get you up off the floor and to sustain you. So the disciples watches him pray and when he ceased, they never interrupted him. One of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray because they saw the result of his prayer life. They never said, Lord, teach us to do business. Lord, teach us to make money. Lord, teach us to prophesy. Lord, teach us to pray, to, to, to praise. Because if you're a prayer, you're going to be a praiser. If you're a prayer, you're going to be a giver. If you're a praiser or a prayer, you're going to be a worshipper. If you're a prayer, you're going to be a believer. If you're a prayer, you're going to be somebody that attends church. If you're a prayer, because if you walk with God, God will have the dialogue with you that you don't always want. So they say to Jesus, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. As I was sitting before God this week, I really believe He impressed on my heart that we have to teach this young generation to pray. And we have to teach you how to walk with God. And then we have to teach you how to action the instructions God uh, uh, gives you. Because very often people get confused. They talk about prayer, that prayer is something very passive. No, this uh, 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 word waiting on God is a verb which is very active, which is your part. You coming to God and you spending time in the presence of God. That word also includes expectation and anticipation, meaning you come to God, Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a reward of those who diligently seek Him. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, God says, Call on me and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things that you know not. Daniel 11 32, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So prayer is vital to the victory in your life. It's the only way that you are going to abide and remain in God's presence. So let's talk about this abiding thing that many people are confused about. So let's just talk about what Jesus said, what abiding means and what the result of abiding is and who bears the fruit when you actively abide in God. God or you? It's a question. Who is responsible for the fruit? 
God or you? I'll give you three seconds to think about it and then I want you to shout it. One, two, three. So I got two answers there. God is responsible. No. I said I got two answers. I didn't say that's the right answer. So many of you said God is responsible and some of you said I'm responsible. But if God's responsible for everything, why is everybody not saved? Oh, give a better hand clap than that, okay? So John 15 verse 4, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. There's the key. You can't do this by yourself, but you're going to do it. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you do what? Bear fruit. Unless you abide in the vine. So who bears the fruit? Okay, I know you're all graduates, etc. Let's backtrack. Just take the thought, the train of thought, yeah. Because people get confused. They say, all I have to abide, abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine, and everything's going to be fine. All's going to be fine. And they, they abide, but they passive. It's not what John 15 says. The source of life comes from the vine. Your responsibility is to abide and to produce the fruit. I'm going to say it again because it's like I'm talking uh, 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 Latin. The source of your power, wisdom, strength, anointing comes from God which is accessed through abiding and the result of that abiding is you bearing much fruit. You. Not God bearing the fruit. Because if something doesn't work, you say, well, I'm waiting for God. We're going to talk about that. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What will happen then? As they renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. My brother, you, when, 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 when God touches you, you have to get up off the floor and stop sucking your thumb. You have to get your renewed vision in the name of Jesus. You have to run and go do what God has called you to do. You have to go to the great exploits in the name of Jesus Christ. What God is going to do, He's going to breathe upon you. He's going to put life upon you. He's going to strengthen you. But then Adam, you be fruitful and you multiply in the name of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. So he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. So you cannot bear fruit that lasts, that which has eternal value by yourself. You can do a lot of things by yourself, but it will not be for the glory of God. We're talking about fruit that matters, fruit in line with your destiny. But, but you're going to have to get out of the boat. You're going to have to take the leap of faith. You are going to have to venture in the unknown. You are going to have to buy that piece of land and trust God. You are going to have to deal with your challenges and your Goliaths. 
you are going to have to show up on the battleground, but when you show up, you're a majority. Because one believer in God constitutes a majority. You already have the victory before the battle begins because you live entwined with God. Are you listening to me today? So don't make this a religious thing. Because people turn John 15 into a religious thing that leaves people passive. This abiding is also a verb which requires responsibility and an outcome of a fulfillment of an action. So when you say I'm abiding in God, that means I'm going to get busy. Whatever I touch is going to get blessed. I'm going to go places. Come on, I'm going to slay my giants by the power of God. Oh, come on, man, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. So he asked the question again, who bears the fruit? Oh, my word. That's like 20% of you are convinced because you're waiting for God, and God's waiting for you. Let me rephrase that. You're waiting for God and God's waiting for you to wait on Him. I didn't say God's waiting for you to wait for Him. God's waiting for you to wait on Him so that He can strengthen you, reignite you, energize you, infuse you, put some fire in your belly so that you can get busy with God. what God called you to do. Say Amen in Jesus' name. So he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and he's withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be given to you. So the word abide is meno, which means to remain, to stay, to lodge with, to wait for, to keep on, to recite, to tarry, to stand for, to stand firm and to abide actively. It also denotes that you are actively abiding with an, uh, an attitude of anticipation. So you're waiting for God to speak so you can action what God says. Gideon, the Lord is with you. Go in this might of yours, for you shall deliver the people. Moses at the burning bush, I've come down. I've seen the oppression of my people. One conversation with God, he becomes a great leader. One of the greatest leaders or the greatest leader Israel ever had. So four things happen for those who wait. Number one, they renew their strength. David says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So, before you go to that boardroom, before you face your battle, spend time in the presence of God. Get yourself in the place of prayer, communion. Talk to God. And if you don't know what to say, you pray in your heavenly language. Because the more you pray, the more energized you are going to be. The more God's power is going to infuse you. The more you're going to feel like um, I can do it through Christ. The more you are going to feel the currents of the Holy Spirit. You are going to feel that dynamo on the inside. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. He's, the Bible says He gives power to the faint. He gives power to the weak. What some of you need is a dose of the Holy Ghost power. You've become weak. You're hiding in your excuses. You need to get into the presence of God and get a fresh anointing. Get God to put some unction in your, in your belly. Get God to put some fresh fire upon you to anoint your head afresh. Shout Amen in Jesus' name. Come on. 
So God promises to give you strength for the journey ahead. Because you need strength to overcome adversity. You need strength to do great exploits for God. There's not one of you that God called to be a settler or a happy camper. There are things you have to do, places you have to go. God's not done with you. Your best days are ahead of you. So stop sitting on the sideline and get yourself back in the place of prayer. God Himself will energize you and turn your tragedy into a triumph. The early church, when they were weary from persecution, they did not go high. They ran into the presence of God. They prayed and when they prayed, the place was filled. They were all full of the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the Word of God with boldness. So God shook the place. Some of us need a shaking up. Some of us need God to shake us. Some of us have to be shaken out of our slumber, out of our sleep, out of our apathy, out of our excuses, out of our waiting, out of procrastination. Because too many Christians, too many pastors are sitting in a place of stagnation, of apathy, and they say, next year, next year, I'm waiting for God. Listen, now faith is. You've got to get up now. You've got to get up now. And if you live uh, intertwined with God, when you move, oh, God moves with you in the name of Jesus Christ. You go and God goes with you. You preach the gospel and God shows up. You lay hands on the sick and God heals them. You pray and God sends deliverance from heaven. When you abide, when you live intertwined, when the armies of hell attack you, God is going to show up Jehoshaphat. God is going to sustain you in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. God is not about to forsake you. Daniel in the lion's den. If you walk with God, when all hell breaks loose, God's going to stand with you and God's going to defend you and God's going to protect you and God's going to prosper you. Oh, give the Lord a praise. Come on. Bloemfontein, Johannesburg. Right here in Pretoria. Come on, He gives power to the weak. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on, our faith TV viewers. Listen tonight. Lift your hands where you are in front of that television, watching on YouTube, every social media platform. God is right there. Lift your hands to God and make up your mind that God is for you. And it's your time to arise. It's your time to mount up with wings like eagles. Come on. You were destined for victory. You were destined for greatness. But you're going to have to walk with God every day of your life. God bless you. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. I'm so, you know, I got saved and everybody was talking about we waiting for God. All I was was a young man that went to Lady Brand and I, I, all, I had no financial support, nothing. All I did was I prayed. I prayed for hours and hours and hours. I just prayed every day, every day, eight, five o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock. I just prayed. Then again, uh, nine o'clock to 11 o'clock, I would pray because I had nothing else to do. If you're a student, you have a lot of time to pray. You need to sleep less because you don't need all that sleep. You don't need sleep uh, 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 10 hours a night. Some of you are sleeping, you're waking up tired because you've, you've lost your energy. Young men are failing. They have no force, no energy. And I'll tell you why. Because they're not walking with God. Here's the key. Here's the key. It doesn't matter your education. 
It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter anything. Here's your key. Come on, I learned in Lady Brand to pray. Hallelujah. I taught our church to pray. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, youth leaders, pastors, you have to get back to the place of prayer because the place of prayer is the place where you receive the force of the Holy Ghost. The place of prayer is where you are going to catch the fire of God and maintain the fire. You have to you have to keep the fire burning on the altar. You have to bring the wood to the altar. That means you have to bring yourself. You are the sacrifice. You have to bring yourself to the altar. You have to lay yourself on the altar. You are the wood that should be set on fire. And when you pray on the altar, God is going to set His fire upon your life and everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to know it because God's supernatural favor will be released in your life. Say amen if you believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. We People are just too passive. They are just too passive. You, 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 you can't connect with a living God and have small dreams. You can't connect with a living God and have no vision. We'll talk about it next week. You cannot be intertwined with the creator of the heavens and the earth and you do not believe that anything is possible. Yes, the key. And if this decays, prayer decays, revival delays. If, if prayer goes, excuses come. If we no longer hear the voice of God, we live um, dependent on the voice of man. Now we're running around looking for people's opinions. And, and, and when you do that, you always listen to the wrong voice. That's the source of your power. Not this. This is salvation. You're connected to God, but that's it. You live clueless, powerless. Prayer is the sin killer in your life. Prayer is the power giver in your life. Prayer is the Holy Ghost filler in your life. Prayer is the only way you maintain God's fire in your life. Prayer is where you receive wisdom and insight from God Himself. That's why I am opposed to people running from prophet to prophet. Because we're not called to be led by prophets. We are called to be led by the Holy Ghost. When people don't pray, they run around looking for a word. And I do believe in the office of the prophet that sometimes God will use a prophet to speak to certain individuals, but not to every Christian. When we don't live intertwined with God, we, 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 we live in a place of uncertainty. We live in a place where we lack power. We lack energy. We lack force. We can't shift things. We can't move things. So what do we do? We blame something. We make excuses. I don't have it. Well, that's what Moses did until he had one conversation with God. He made five excuses till God said, I've heard enough of your nonsense now. I called you to be a deliverer. You get up and you get busy with being a deliverer of my people in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, Moses was trying to abdicate responsibility. Yes, we do. Misquoting John 15. Not taking responsibility for your assignment. And the reason people don't do that is because they don't believe they have what it takes. And I'll tell you, you may be the most gifted, talented person in the world, 
but your gift and talent alone will not get you where God has called you to go. You need something supernatural. You get something not bought with silver and gold, something you can't get from a university that you'll only get from the presence of God. And the only place you are going to get it is if you humble yourself and you make time in the presence of God to lower yourself and to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray. Then God's going to anoint you and God's going to do things in you. Then God's going to do things through you. You are going to speak with a different level of confidence. You will carry yourself with a different authority because you are talking to God in Jesus' name. And the more you talk to God, the more you silence the other voices of inferiority. And let me just say this for a moment. If, if you're a praying Christian, it's impossible to, to pick up an offense with any person. I, I did not say people cannot offend you. I said it's impossible for you to pick up that offense because offense has come to all of us. But if you have time in God's presence every day of your life, you will remember because Jesus, He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. So when you come to the altar and they remember that your brother sinned against you, that's the end of your conversation with God. You leave your gift of worship, praise, sacrifice, and you go to your brother and you reconcile to your brother. Otherwise, the prayer life stops right there and then. God's not going to ignore His Word because you feel justified in your offense, in your bitterness, in your anger. It's not going to do it. So then what you listen to then is not the voice of God. Please hear me very carefully. Because... Satan wants to do everything in his power to steal the source of power in your life. And prayer is the source of power, but it's based on the Word of God. So God's not going to change His Word to accommodate you. Like I never changed my Word, my laws. I didn't write bylaws to accommodate David when he went through his rebellious stage. I had my laws, my Word, my culture in my house. So when my kids crossed the line, I would, and remember, like God, I'm actually a very loving, caring person. And I, was, I played with my kids every day of my life. They were in the swimming pool with me every day. I walked with them every day, did bicycle with them every day. I played with them every day, did quad bikes, did a lot of things with my children. I played with them because I believe spending time with a child is, or love for a child is spent, T-I-M-E, you spend time with a child. Well, the same in your relationship with God. You say you love God, T-I-M-E. You need to spend time in, in the presence of God. But I would not tolerate certain things. My tone would change. When David and Angelique, 11 months apart, fought with one another, I was not going to go in the swimming pool and play, play with them. Maybe I would baptize them seven times to get the demon, devil out of them. But I was not going to ignore it. Because I know if they, if they go down that path, it's going to destroy them. So there's certain things I cannot allow. Which your father, because he loves you, cannot allow certain things. So what do we do? In our walk with God, exactly what young people do. They feel restricted in their daddy's home. So they live in Pretoria, but they want to go live in university and there's no reason to go stay on campus. The only reason is you want your freedom to do what? You don't want daddy's rules. 
so, 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 so when the preacher preaches something that people don't want to hear, they, they don't want to come to church any longer. They don't want daddy's rules because they're not ready for daddy to talk to them. But daddy, your father in heaven is going to say what you need to hear. He's not going to say what you want to hear because he knows that you've got 50 years ahead of your life. So at times God is going to talk to you. He's going to reprimand you. He's going to change his tone. I mean, I love my times of prayer with the Lord, but I'll tell you there are times when, when I just know, not I'm in trouble, but God changes His tone with me and He says, I've told you, <laughs> that's it. And I know exactly what He says. And I can't then go and say, but God, you know, He did this or she did this. He said this, she said this. Uh, 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 I can't do that. He says, bless your enemies. Love those who curse you. Pray for those who curse you despitefully use you. Bless your enemies. Do the opposite to what you're doing. So, so when, you, when you walk with God, it's a whole nother deal. It's not just about getting things done out there. It's about getting things done in Yah. This is where I change. My nature, my desire, my conversation, my passion, my pursuit, my self-belief. Right, yeah. But I can live intertwined with God and then become untwined. And I'm back where I started. And I lose my force. I lose my energy. But then God speaks to Israel because that's where they were. He says, I've not given up on you. But hear this. Those who wait on the Lord, choice. Those who return. I said, those who return. You have to get back to the place of prayer. Come on, you have to get back to spending time in the presence of God. You have to get back actively spending time in the presence of God. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up number two. Five more minutes. So when you wait on God, the second thing that's going to happen, number one, He's going to renew your strength. Second thing is, the, 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 the Holy Spirit's going to lift you up, pick you up off the floor. Elijah, David and Ziklag, God's going to lift you up. And He's not just going to lift you up for the sake of lifting you up. He's going to lift you up so that you can finish your assignment. So David inquired, he had to attack and recover his losses at Ziklag. When everybody was giving up, he stood up, he looked up, he prayed up, and then God raised him up. So the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Second thing, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Come on, we are not turkeys, we are eagles. We don't live down here, we live up there. We are destined for victory. Those who are born of God overcome the world. Come on, say amen. So a praying Christian is a victorious Christian. A praying Christian shall mount up with wings like an eagle above the storms of life. No matter what you face in, 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 in your life, you will rise above that. So you will view circumstances differently. Not under the circumstances, no. Above the circumstances. Because you see that above in Jesus' name. You are energized. You are empowered by God if you are a praying Christian. Like with Chanel. I said to her, my girl, pray. I knew the time is going to come. No matter her and Marcus, no matter what they're going through, etc., the time is going to come when the Holy Spirit will adjust something in their hearts and they'll have the grace and they'll know it. And no matter how difficult things seem in the natural, they will have the grace and the faith to 
go through, whatever they have to go through, but they will do so victoriously in Jesus' name. Not one day cry, one day they're on the top of the world, the next day they're in the valley of discouragement. No, you live on the mountaintop. If you're a prayer, you live on the mountaintop. And if you're in the valley, God says to Elijah, get back on the mountaintop and, be, uh, and, and become a prayer again, and I will remove the discouragement from you. So God will lift you up. God will lift you up. And God will infuse you with power. Number three, they shall run. My word, I don't care what we have gone through and how bad this COVID has been. And I'm so tired of listening to people about what could have been and should have been and how people justify delays. Listen, our God is a God who hastens things in His time. But God is waiting for a man, for a woman that will show up and stand up put up his hand and get ready to run for God in Jesus' name. When I came to Bloomfontaine, I was praying on Naval Hill. And uh, one of those conversations I had with God, the Lord said to me, number one, you're not my third, first choice. That's great, right, for Bloomfontaine. He said, you're not my first choice. Three other people never obeyed me. And then God said this to me. He said, run for me or I will find another. Now, if you're not going to allow God to raise you up to be the financier of His kingdom, God will raise somebody else up. If you're not going to do what God has called you to do in His timing, God will find someone else. Is that a, a hard pill to swallow? No. Because if you walk with God, with maturity comes responsibility. So the conversation God has with a teenager and the conversation God has with a mature adult is different. That's why you cannot consult with a teenager spiritually if you're a mature man of God. Listen. You go to the mountaintop and you have your conversation with God. And then you silence every other voice. You pray for God to have mercy upon you. Because... God will never take His hand, His presence away from you, but His assignment, it's in the Bible. If you're not faithful, God will take what you have and He will give it to the person that was faithful. The thing you did not do, the thing you did not use, God will take that thing from you and He will give it to the person who was faithful. So if you're the businessman in the church and you've always said, God, use me, bless me, anoint me and prosper me, now God blesses you, but you don't tithe, you don't honor God, you're disassociating, you're disconnecting, you walk with God. Die Afrikaans sê dit baie beter. God is nie verleen nie. God sal iemand anders kry. God sal het David gaan soek, want Saul het te belangrik geword in sy eie oor. God gaan iemand kry wat sy werk gestand gaan doen en sy woord gestand gaan doen. And I learned that at a young age. Time is of an essence. Every year matters. If there are circumstances that delay things, it's one thing. But if we are the cause of the delay because we do not abide, we do not activate our faith or the word that we hear from God, God will find somebody else to do what you were supposed to do. I've seen it throughout my life. I've seen it throughout my life. It doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It means God has a time schedule. So if Moses was not going to listen, God would have to go to somebody else. Are you, are you listening to me? I mean, this is serious stuff. We don't want to hear this. We just want to feel good all the time. But hey, buddy, 
You're not saved just to go to heaven. You are saved because God has an assignment for you. And you better find that assignment and get serious about that assignment and walk with God, energized by the power of God. You're not an onlooker. You're not a couch potato. Toto, you're not a spectator. You are born for this hour. God has called you for this hour. And for too long, you've been a sitter and a soaker. God is looking for runners. I said, God is looking for runners. God is looking for those who will stand up and run for God. And I'll tell you, when you run with God, God's going to run with you. And God is going to show up in Jesus' name. I'd rather be a wet walking Christian than a dry boat boat sitting Christian. So they shall run. Habakkuk chapter 2, write the vision that he may run. The reason people don't run is they have no vision. When you, when, you, when you hear God, He energizes you to run in the right direction, to do exploits. Strengthen your stakes. There's no weak conversation that God has with people in the Bible. Loving, merciful, gracious. But then when it comes to God's purpose, God's very, very uh, assertive. He says, I need your strength. But yes, the key, you have to live intertwined with me. Because when you live intertwined with God, your wife can't talk you out of anything. Your husband can't talk you out of anything. Your brother can't talk you out of anything. Your girlfriend can't talk you out of anything. The jealous brothers can't talk you out of anything. Nobody can talk you out of anything because you know you are walking with God and your strength comes from God. Please hear me today. Hear me. Hear me very clearly. Your future is ahead of you, but this future is secure while you live intertwined with God. That's it. Anything else is a lie. Because what is high today can be low tomorrow. Everything in your life, what comes out of your mouth, your level of faith, your energy, your hunger for God, everything flows out of your prayer life. So if you're spending time in prayer with God, there's no way you'll skip a Sunday service. It's not possible. Because you'll walk into your, listen to me carefully, because I think most of you don't know who God is. I don't mean to insult you. Because you make God like you are controlling Him. You have no clue who God is because you've never encountered Him. You're saved, but you don't know Him. There's a huge difference. It's a massive difference. Because when you know God, you fear Him. You revere Him. You respect Him. So if you tonight, let's say the Springboks played rugby and you decided, I'm going to watch the game. God's okay with it. And you walk into your prayer closet this tomorrow morning. God's going to say to you, why did you not put the PVR on and, and go worship me? What's more important now? Because we, we have people preach this laid-back Christianity. You serve God at your pace. Well, then you're going to accomplish things the same way in your life. You're going to have laid-back energy, laid-back faith, laid-back force if you do not pursue God. Listen. Oh, come on. Give a better hand clap than that. Come on. Those who wait. Not everybody waits on God. Not everybody that's here tonight will go and wait on God. 
Not everybody wants to live intertwined with God. Not everybody is finished with sin. Not everybody has had enough of unrighteousness. Not everybody has had enough of apathy. Not everybody has had enough of, of blaming somebody else for not accomplishing anything. Not everybody. But those. <laughs> those that wait upon the Lord. Come on. They shall renew their strength. Not everybody. Those who wait. Those who build an abiding relationship with God. Those who live intertwined with God. Those who are woven, interwoven with God, they shall renew their strength and then they shall mount up. I said they shall mount up. They shall rise up. Automatically they shall rise up. They shall get up. They shall be energized. They shall run. They shall not just sit. They shall run and not grow weary. Through their 20s, they're going to run. Through their 30s, they're going to run. Through their 40s, they're going to run. Through their 50s, they're going to run. Through their 60s, they're going to run. Through their 70s, they're going to run. Through their 80s, they're going to run. And through their 90s, they're going to run to God. Hallelujah. 94. By the grace of God. But they will run all the days of their life. I said, they will run all the days of their life. There are young people that have no energy, no vision, no passion, no fervor, no force. But there are 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds that are still running in politics, running in business, running for God. I tell you, God wants you to be a runner. God wants you to be a person that will do great exploits, not little exploits great exploits. Come on, young person. I'm giving you the key to live the life that God has for you. You have to take, make this the priority of your life. And not be entwined with your boyfriend. I've seen so many beautiful young people that were on fire for God and they become entwined with the wrong person. Anything that comes between you and God will untwine you. I don't know that there's an English word like that, is there? I make it up. I can make it up because God says it and I'm creating God's image. So if God now said the carpet is white, it would be white. But I'm not going to try that. Okay. I'll just say with untwine. Huh? There is a word. Did you Google it? There is a word, Professor. <laughs> Anything that untwines you, you should get rid of. If you plan to do great things for God, as a Christian. That's why God gives it choice. He says, if, 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 if you abide in me and my word abides in you, choice. Not God's choice, your choice. If, if, those who wait, choice. The issue is people aren't desperate enough and people take God in a casual way. It's the biggest mistake you can make in your life. People look at people like me and think, he's old, he doesn't know what he's talking about, we're young. I was younger than you at one stage and more messed up than you and more lost than you. But then I found Christ, I found the Lord, I found the Savior. 
and I learned the importance of walking with God. The Apostle Paul at the end of his life, he says, everything that was gained to me. I mean, he has a learned man. He's not a sinner. He says, what was gained to me, I count as rubbish that I may gain Christ, that I may know Him. My whole life's journey is to know Him. And Paul was not somebody that sat around. Paul was a mover. He was a shaker. You could not silence him. You beat him. You, he was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was mugged. He never got discouraged because of his relationship with God. Even when he was not sure about what was happening, all he heard was, my grace is sufficient. It's going to be okay, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. And that was okay for Paul. And he said, I will most gladly rejoice in my infirmities. He didn't blame anybody else. We never know who those people were, the mob. He never mentioned them. He mentions a few people, Alexander the coppersmith, did me much harm, Demas forsook me, having loved this present age, etc. He, he, he mentions a few names of those who damage God's kingdom. He marks them because they're enemies of the work of God. But other than that, he takes his battle to God and he says, God has delivered me before and God will deliver me again. He operates out of a place of strength because of his relationship with God. Then finally, those who wait on God, they will walk and shall not faint. You know, we need to walk through life sure-footed. We have to walk through life steadfast. We have to walk through life as a people of vision and faith. Without faith, we don't please God. We walk by faith and not by sight. So no matter what comes against us, when you spend time in God's presence, something will shift on the inside of you. God settles you. He strengthens you. And I'll tell you this. <laughs> you may be as strong as Hercules, but emotionally, spiritually, you need something supernatural. You need God to anoint your head. You need God to empower you. You need God to fill you. You need the anointing that no money can buy. You need to get serious. I'm not saying you're not. I'm affirming possibly what you are. You need to stay on course. And every day as you spend time in His presence, you will be recented and be reminded. Not of sin, but then if you sinned, you have an advocate. You don't allow that to grow. You confess your sin and He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's like people think they can just live, 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 say anything, slander anybody, do whatever they want to do and God's okay with it. No, my brother, my sister. The cross is horizontal and vertical. You love God, you love your brother. You cannot spend time with God and talk bad about your brother. It is not possible. That is not Christianity. That is religion. So we stay away, like my kids sometimes did, from my office because they knew I was going to have a conversation they did not want to hear, but a conversation they needed to hear. So they would avoid me but it was never going to work because I would go fetch them. Tonight, God's fetching some of you, bringing you back. And, 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 and for you to respond, you need to humble yourself very quickly. Now listen, I don't care if you're an apostle or bishop, you have to humble yourself. 
Not justify, humble. Lower yourself. Bow in your heart. Because I'll tell you this again, myself included. We don't run. We don't obey. We don't do what God destined us to do. God will find somebody else. God will find a shepherd boy. If you think you're just going to stroll through life, but God called you to bring revival to the campus, God will raise somebody else up. Because when you wait on God, you can't stay the same. When you spend time with God, you cannot stay the same. It's not possible. You cannot be a negative person, cynical person, bitter person. Bound by, it's not possible. Then who are you spending time with? We're talking about God here. We're talking about God. Spending time with God. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Changes you inside out. And then God begins to reward you little by little out there. Listen as I close. Isaiah 40 in the message. Beautiful. He says, Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, Israel, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's greater of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything. Inside and out, he energizes those who get tired. Hallelujah. He gives fresh strength to the dropouts. Amen. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. Quit on their dreams. Quit on their future. I mean, the young girl came to university to, to be an engineer. And then after two years of partying, she's lost her vision. And all she wants to find now is a husband who can pay the bills. Forget marrying for love. Let's just marry somebody that can pay the bills. And all the girls said, oh no. I mean, what a vision to come to university and all you're looking for is a husband who can pay the bills. My word. What vision is that? Hello, why are you so quiet? You're not marrying a daddy. I'm talking to every one of you. God placed you on this earth because God has a purpose. And the purpose of your life is not just to get married. God has a much greater purpose with your life than just to have a ring on your finger, whether you're male or female biologically. So it's time for you girls to dream. Dream great dreams and believe that God will do great things through your life. Don't be short-sighted like a previous generation that all they wanted was a man who could pay the bills. And then when they are married for 25 years, we have to keep that marriage together. Patchy, 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 patchy. It's an Apache marriage, amen. So uh, no, you, you, you find somebody you love. And uh, if I was a girl, which I'm not, but I gave my girls the advice, find a guy with vision. Find a guy that's going somewhere. You don't need, listen, you don't need to find a man who's got a wealthy daddy because riches come and go. There's no guarantee. People can have a billion today and nothing tomorrow. One wrong decision and it's all gone. You find a man with integrity and you find a man that's going to take you somewhere.
Because when you marry a man, you're going where he goes. If he's going nowhere, you end up in a street called nowhere. Right? So before you work on kissing, you should find out who he is, where he's been, and what he's doing with his life. Amen. Come on. Come on. And uh, you have to pray. It no Jan ontmoet the Billy van die Bosveld. And when this was a young man's ass, they probeer mekaar ons beindruk. For all months, I say for a meisje net what they will wear and must wear. I still ain't glad they belong in a pottebakkerij. And so forth, not. And they like the pottebakkerij or the cook or the. I don't know what the friends for her. And he talks, no, Himmel, no, a pottebakker, no, my ma, my oma, pottebakker, no, oh, Himmel, toch, pottebakker, tot na drie maanden. Dan is die pot waarvan hy praat, die pot wat jy rook. I'll leave it there. It says, Just be honest. A tip for young people, be honest. Don't try to impress the girl. Tell her, I like this, I'm like that. Don't, don't change to try and woo her. Because then you change back to the old you and you tell her, she changed you. No, she never changed you. You faked it. It's like the girl who fakes it. The girl fakes it that she, oh no, I'm gonna look after you. I'm gonna bake three meals a day and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this. And the brother thinks, my Lord, can this be real? My mom never even did this for my dad. I'm in the promised land. And there she starts month one, month two, month three, month four, it's two meals. Month six, it's one meal. A month uh, uh, after one year, it's take away. When she's pregnant, she never goes to the kitchen again. And you say, what happened to you? Nothing. That's who she is. The girl doesn't like to cook. And she should have told you. Right? And then she goes for counseling and says, my husband changes me and my husband wants me to cook for him all the time. But you promised you were going to cook. Rather say I'm not a girl that cooks. Rather say I'm an intelligent. Not that people who cook are not intelligent. Don't read what I'm not saying, okay? Segen vader, segen eet en laat ons nummerie vergeet en vergewe ons. Amen. Amen. So, rather be honest and say, listen, you're marrying a, a career girl and when we're going to have babies, it's going to be 50-50 responsibility. I'm not the barefoot, pregnant, in the kitchen type that you're going to dominate. So if you can't take me as I am, you're not having me. 
but not you act all subservient and, and the brother thinks, my word, what a gentle girl until he gets married and he wakes up the first day on a honeymoon and there's a manifestation or so he thinks. But it's not a manifestation. Actually, you show up for the first time. Amen. I mean, if you're a guy and you just like to watch TV and drink beer, no, stop the beer, but, uh, or drink less beer, um, just say to her, I like to watch TV. Don't go there on those social media platforms and say, I like bird watching and I like nature and I like um, cycling and I like, and I like, and, I, and you've never done any of those things. I'm adventurous. The only adventure in your life is that you sit and watch TV. Tell her. Maybe she's a couch potato as well. Maybe she likes to watch TV as well. Then at least you have an honest connection. I mean, we may laugh at this, but it's pretty much in our walk with God exactly the same. We need to have honest conversation. And we need to listen when the Father talks to us. And not fake it. Running on a Sunday, jump up and down, up and down, up and down, and think everything is okay. But there's no altar in your home. There's no prayer life. There's no conversation. There's no word. There's, there's, there's no respect. There's no reverence for God as your priority. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. We have to rebuild the altars. Every pastor. Listen, you can't be in the ministry and you're not a prayer. I'm not talking about praying with the church. I'm talking about praying by yourself. You need to be a prayer. Because prayer is, is, is the force, the source of your force, of your energy spiritually. You don't get it anywhere else. It's through abiding. My kids know, Noretta learned early in life that when God speaks to me, nobody may say anything to me about what God tells me. No one. Zero. It's territory when no one goes. My walk with God. That's it. Sacred, holy. When I spend time with God, nobody comes close to me within a hundred yards. That's it. That's it. It's, it's the most serious thing you can do and the most responsible thing you can do because that will bring you in line, keep you on track and keep you energized all the days of your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me tonight. Time to spread your wings. Time to soar like an eagle. Time to run again. Time to walk. It says they will walk and not lag behind. Some of us have been lagging behind. Lagging behind. We're behind schedule, but it's okay. Because Israel was exactly there and God said, those who wait upon me. He says, return to me and I will return to you. I ask you with respect, love and humility that you return to God with all your heart. That you return to the place of prayer. That you silence every other voice and you do what you know God's told you to do. Even if you're 100% right, the other person's 100% wrong, you do the right thing because God requires it. You be the peacemaker. I thank you tonight, Father, 
for a hunger and a desire in each one of our hearts to build an altar. I pray for the discipline. You've not given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a disciplined mind to spend time in your presence. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're our helper, our teacher, that you will teach us to walk with God, to pray, and as people live discipline in this area, that things will just begin to happen sovereignly. Visions, dreams, energy, strength, power, anointing will return to the hearts, the minds, the lives of your people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You can lower your hands, every head bowed, every eye closed in all our churches. Living entwined with God, intertwined with God. We either are or we're not. And maybe at one time you were, but things happened that came in between the relationship you've had with God. Like the prodigal son, like Peter. And tonight God's talking to you to return to that place of communion, to come back. You say, Pastor, I'll fix this later. You can't fix it by yourself. You have to come back to Jesus. Like Jesus came looking for Peter and Peter jumped out of the boat and he swam to Jesus and Jesus restored him. God's not yet to push you down, but God is yet to get your attention and to tell you, this is the way life works for you as a Christian. You have to live intertwined. One with God. Maybe at one time you served God, but you've grown cold. Maybe some relationship came and destabilized your walk with God. I don't know. But I know tonight that God's talking to many of you to come back to that place of prayer, that place of communion, that you will put yourself on the altar tonight and return to your first love. So while every head is bowed here, there in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, in all our churches, wherever you are, tonight there's a stirring in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, you've been talking to me all night. I'm not right with God. Maybe some of you, even if you died, you don't know that you would go to heaven. You're sitting out tonight and you say, I want things to start afresh in my relationship with God. Well, that's what Isaiah said. Those who wait, choice. Those who wait, those who return, those who become intertwined with God again shall renew their strength. There's the answer. You have to come back to your first love. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving, people praying. On the floor of the balcony there in Bloemfontein as well, the floor of the balcony in Johannesburg, all those beautiful young people. You're sitting there tonight, there's a stirring, you say, you're talking to me. I need to get right with God. I need to come back to God. I need to surrender all to Jesus. If that's your desire tonight, quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. All over this place, raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Raise it up. All over this place. Raise it up. Raise it up. Don't let your friends stop you. You lift your hand. Lift it up tonight. Thank you. God bless you up the balcony. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Because I'll tell you this, if you don't get it right here, you're not going to get it right by yourself. It's not going to happen. Before I pray tonight, you've not, you've not yet raised your hand. Don't get after God bless you, bless you. There's a stirring in your heart tonight. There are reports of Struam, Kimberley, Durban, in Cape Town, wherever you are tonight, God's talking to you. He's inviting you to come back. Last time before I pray, you say include me in that prayer. Slip your hand up quickly. Raise it up now. 
Thank you, God. Bless you, bless you, bless you. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Moses was 85 years when God got a hold of him. And uh, Nehemiah was 17 years old when God got a hold of him. So age is but a number. A lot of tired, as the Bible says, young people in our country. Because God doesn't feature. God is not G-O-D. He is the source of life, of energy, of power, of everything. And, and when you get that, you get everything because then you pursue Him for the rest of your life. The minute the pursuit stops, the untwinement begins. The weathering begins. Through not tarrying, spending time in His presence. Our youth pastors and our student pastors, please. We don't need all the fancy motivational talks. We need to pray with young people. Because prayer is something that is caught. If you get young people to pray for an hour, you will accomplish much more than giving your echo of somebody you saw on television and you give nine points to doing something. It's not what people need. They need God. So start prayer groups in the schools. Not where somebody's going to talk for an hour. Just get together and pray. Start prayer in your dormitories. When I was in the military army and I lived in a dorm with like, I think 12 other people and I was just saved. I, was, I mean, I was a raw Christian, but I knew to pray and read my Bible. It's all I knew. Pray and read the Bible. Because for two years, I was kept out of church. I wanted to go to church, but I prayed and read my Bible. When people took a smoke break for five minutes, my New Testament came out. I read the Bible. Thank God for it. I read the Bible. When everybody else was talking nonsense, smoking, I was reading the Bible. The Bible changed me, changed everything about me. You neglect the Bible, you neglect your life. The source of wisdom is the Word of God. David says, you've made me wiser through your Word. And then I prayed. I would go on my knees, stilted date. They called it stilted date. Now, Darcy Bai stilted with my knee. And I would go and I just got filled with the Holy Ghost. And all I knew, I didn't know how to pray. Nobody taught me. Our Father who art in heaven. That I did on a Monday morning. I just knew one thing, to pray in tongues. So I would go on my bed and pray in tongues for 15 minutes. Not. I went. I prayed. And then everybody looked at me. Every time I, I was finished, it was like, they look at me like shocked. I didn't. Even understand I was offending people, doesn't matter. But they looked like that and I said, Do you want this? Do you want this? And each and every one of them, they eventually said, I took them to the ironing room, led them to Jesus, got them baptized in the Holy Ghost because people can see where there's power. They can feel power. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, that energy, they feel it. They feel it. I had the chaplain come to me and he said, You are really disrupting silent time, still to take. I don't see in the Bible still to date. 
It's communion. It's dialogue. Time to talk. En hy sê, hierdie tale wat jy praat, is duivelse tale. Toe sê ek vir hom net so, sê vir hom, kabbel aan, luister, ek kon nooit so gepraat het, voor ek gered is nie. Ek het aan een groot woorde gehad, maar toe ek my hart vir die Heere gee, toe bid iemand vir my, en ek vang die doping van die Heilige Geest, en toe begin ek kalabasa, torreibase, andrawara, hy gaan so, hy sê, ok, 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 genoeg, dankie, ek wil nie, ek wil nie verder hoor nie, vrts, weg is hy, weg is hy. But I let my whole platoon to the Lord, all of them, I didn't go on an evangelism course. I didn't go. Uh, I, nobody taught me anything. I just got saved. I was a raw Christian, but I knew I had to pray. And pray I did. Unapologetically, I prayed. I challenge you. Be a prayer. Because when you pray, you bring God into the situation. And when God shows up, great things are going to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. So when you pray for your business, you say, Father, in Jesus' name, bless this business. Not pray this silent prayer. If you pray over your food in a restaurant, Heavenly Father, I thank you for our daily bread. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are a provider. Thank you for this food and bless everybody else. And then you go pay somebody's account that you see can't afford their account and you give credibility to your prayer two ladies sitting there somebody taking somebody and you see they're counting their money when you do groceries as well what a great opportunity to bless somebody else because you can go buy in Woolworths and buy fancy groceries and then you always find somebody there walking around there looking at all the prices etc just be a Christian and say mama you just take all the groceries you want I'm paying today in the name of Jesus Christ and you bless her out of her socks and uh, watch how God is going to bless you when you begin to walk with God and not just focus on yourself in Jesus name put your hand on your heart everybody and pray this with me say Lord Jesus tonight I give my life back to you thank you for loving me so much that you died for my sin I believe you are the Christ I believe you rose from the grave tonight I invite you to be my Lord and Savior and I thank you for a new life and a new beginning and for connecting me to God as my father I'm born again I have a future and I have a hope because of you in Jesus name Amen and amen and amen. Everybody gives the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.